0: The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. Christ! We're not hunting him! He's hunting us! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. I have known you since you were a kid, Richard. Ever since you were seven and eight years old, you've shown superhuman strength. Disrespectful conduct, flippant and tasteless verbal remarks. No, no, I'm afraid that they wouldn't approve of that at all. (sighs) sub cinema hey everybody it's your host art here with subversive cinema welcome back to another crazy movie discussion I am here to be your sherpa to the strange purveyor of the peculiar and Wrangler of the weird and this week it's it's a it's a delightful dumpster fire from 2012. It's called The Amazing Bulk. It's it's a mockbuster, and we have so much to talk about. And to do that, I have returning guest, friend of the show, and the man who is responsible for introducing this film to me. We have Chris back. How are you, Chris? Not bad. How about you? I can't believe this movie is a decade old. I, I know. It's nuts. And there is a bit of a lore behind certain aspects of it, which we will get into. So before we dive in here, the deal with subversive cinema is we look at the weird, wacky, and downright wrong entries in cinema. And we try to figure out how subversive are they? What, what gives them that special tang in your taste buds of, of just cinematic taste? And we do that through characters, story, and what the fuck. As I said, The Amazing Bulk from 2012, directed by Louis Schoenbrunn. And it is a story about superpowers through science green screens, stock footage, and running in place. (laughs) (laughs) So, let me give a quick breakdown here. It, It tells the story of Henry Hank Howard, a young scientist toiling over the development of a super soldier serum under the supervision of asshole General Darwin. And at the same time, Hank is stooping Darwin's daughter, Hannah. Now, after being denied Hannah's hand in marriage by the douchebag Darwin, Hank decides that the best way to speed along the results is to make himself a test subject. So he injects himself with a serum and finds that when he gets angry, he turns into a tornado, which then turns into a variably-sized nude purple man-beast. And this purple aberration is pursued by dopey cops. The bulk is pursuing the evil Dr. Cantlove in his Super Mario-like castle. And all the while, Darwin is pulling the strings. I I tell you, it is a fucking mess and it's gorgeous. What I love about this movie... (laughs) Yes, tell me, because you introduced me to this. Again, I, I keep finding myself as the one guest who
1: introduces these these, these movies, and I'll happily keep doing this. But uh, what lovely. I love most is how under the IMDb page, under the parent's guide, which is like normally you can kind of just like, oh, what's what's the ratings? Oh, like, yes. What's kind of, how vulgar? <laughs> it is like all red, and sex and nudity is severe. And it's the reason why is because he's completely naked through that. Regardless of the fact you actually don't see anything. We do have a, a scene later on in the movie where uh, a a woman by the name of Lolita is like, Oh man, look at the size of that uh, schlong down there. And uh, she had a great time until she got, I don't know, stepped on, I guess.
0: Yes, she got stepped on because again, he is a variable size. You see him running down an alleyway and he looks like he's eight feet tall. But then all of a sudden... He's stepping on her with a giant fucking elephant foot as if he's 40 feet tall, so... Then we
1: have, or like a Godzilla, and we have a scene of, like, a helicopter, and then he grabs the helicopter, and it's just a dude
0: spray-painted purple. And it's, it doesn't look anything like anything, it's... Okay, there's, there's so much to back here. Last time you were here, you brought Goblin to my feet. Uh, You brought this uh, delightful dead carcass of a film to my feet like a a, a noble pet and friend. So I have to say that I've never heard of this movie and I found out about it because of you. So thanks for that. It is my pleasure. How did you find out about this thing?
1: Man, I wish I had a better story than from Goblin. This one was, I remember vaguely when it came out a decade ago, which is crazy, and uh, I remember hearing probably I probably saw a trailer of it on YouTube because back on my old YouTube channel, I had some guy start following me and I followed him back. And he had his own personal fan made videos featuring The Hulk as well, like Louof Ringo kind of sure like, footage, but it was like, again, all shot on SC. At least that stuff looked compet- competently. Because he actually shot outside and actually used people instead of like, you know, 3D in uh, uh, CGI or I don't know. It's just oh, yeah. green screen. It's just stock footage, everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't have a good story, but that's kind of where I heard about it
0: and then I forgot about it for a while.
1: And then you popped up in my life and they're like, oh, man, Art would love this.
0: <laughs> and I did. And I have to say, uh, I just want to hop back on to the parent's guide. The best entry in the whole thing, because everything's listed as severe, as you said, and then they go forward to list everything, and it sounds so <laughs> demure. And, it's, and every single entry is not graphic. Not graphic. Not graphic. But the best entry is frightening and intense scenes, and the entry is this movie exists. Exactly. That's fantastic. So, yes, as Chris said, this movie, it is shot entirely on a green screen stage all the backgrounds are stock footage 3d images from it it, uh, you know a a review i read talked about how it looked like this movie came out of windows 95 or something
1: yeah exactly
0: It, it feels like it so from what i understand this movie was actually shot back in 2008 and it took them a while to edit it when you look at this thing you kind of get it, but at the same time, you kind of don't. It's uh, that you can find the breakdown for the $14,000 budget online. He he apparently shot it, you know, within a week. He did. He shot it within five or six days, all the live action shit. And again, it shows. And apparently, he f- made the story fit the settings he had. So it's like he trolled around all these, these uh, stock footage websites or whatever... And found what he could. And he's like, okay, well, I have this element, this element, this element, so I can do this, this, and this. And
1: I have a castle. I have a laboratory. Yes. I have New York City alleyways for everything. I have, you know, Oh, a yeah, you got shipping containers.
0: Okay, so that's the thing. Okay, so I don't know if I'm going to bring this up. We're
1: in... going to characters now. <laughs> I,
0: have, I have some issues with this. And I think the big thing that is the through line I'll place out there from the very beginning by all accounts of what i read this guy set out to make a film that he he it was it was knowingly a parody but he didn't set out to make a bad one
1: i don't buy that at so all so
0: he set out to make a specific movie but he didn't ins- he didn't want to make it bad now here's the, there's enough things in this that make me say this is clearly done on purpose and there's also enough things in it that to be frank people can't do well enough to not make it an accident. You know what I mean like you can watch things like the disaster artist where they try to replicate bad acting, bad moments and they do so to an extent but not but there's a veneer, you know there's something there. And I always like to call that that particular element, it's like the heart that's in there, which is what makes things like the original Room and all these other movies fantastic, Bird Demic and all that. Yeah. There's some of that here, and I don't believe for a fucking minute that any of these actors are talented enough to knowingly go and turn that on, on purpose. Like this, They're trying, and they're failing, but they're also being led by a hand who is aware of what's happening, And I just don't know how much he's fucking with us or not. And that's the thing that's going to bother me forever until I can find this guy.
1: According to IMDb, you have to go to the Philippines to find him because he's teaching Yeah, because he's a teacher now,
0: right? (laughs) Like, all right. Yeah, he he hung up his slate board and his headphone, his monitors and his green screen. And he went to the Philippines to teach. And if you see the picture of this guy on IMDb, he looks just like the dude who would go teach in the Philippines. You know, he doesn't look like he'd be making movies. He doesn't look like he has any business doing any of this stuff. He's a substitute teacher for a school in another country.
1: This, uh, what I find hilarious is how this probably has more green screen effects than,
0: you know, The Hobbit. Oh, dude, yes. There's, I'd almost venture to say more than, than fucking Avatar. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, Avatar.
0: (laughs) Speaking of which, so, okay, let's, let's give some people their due here. This was written and directed by Louis Schoenbrunn, who, uh, he had a couple people help with the story, but he wrote the screenplay. And this guy has also directed such things as Aliens versus Avatars, <laughs> Queen Cobra, Slaughterhouse-Fi, Death Sisters, Dr. Chopper, and that's it, um, as far as I think go. he
1: was an editor in a, uh, oh shoot, I have to, uh, uh Mystic Pizza. <laughs> yes or something like that is it like it's, it's the most random ass like uh roles within a within on imdb I yeah he
0: has some very strange uh, i like that he was an editor in too much sex <laughs> <And> <laughs> children <laughs> and the living dead face the music uh, it's it's, okay it's all over the place it's fucking weird this guy lewis is an interesting fellow I would really love to find him. So, anyway, he did this uh, monstrosity, and what's great is we have a mix of people who went on to do nothing else, such as Terrence Lording, who plays General Darwin. This was his one and only credit. To Siobhan Castle, who played Hannah. uh darwin's daughter and she actually you know did some stuff before and went on afterwards to do little bit parts here and there oh she was in heroes that's cool yeah she was in heroes that's correct the (laughs) funny one i find though is that you can tell someone went and tooled around on imdb because the guy who played henry the lead of the film his name is all the way at the ass bottom of the list on imdb when he was first billed so you know he went in there and he's like oh no i gotta just fucking hide from this movie and he went on and he did a bunch of stuff. A lot of it's independent film. But you know what? The guy's got 80 credits. Kudos. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> but man, there's a lot of other people here where you just pop up and they disappear. Okay, we'll get into that. So let's talk about characters. So uh, who would you pick? Because there's so many. So,
1: I really like the the golf guy who who's in the background of one of the shots that he oh yes the CG one. golf That's, guy <laughs> that was he, he's up there he's in my top five the leprechaun and the, the next shot over he's on there he's on he's on my next top five the dog that uh it's featured in in the CGI also he's he's in my top five he's probably number three and what then about probably the, get the monkey two. oh <laughs> the, monkey? the monkey oh man you know what the monkey's probably number two um, monkey's
0: probably number two yep yeah no
1: he goes up to space which is amazing. <laughs>
0: There's so much in this it doesn't make any fucking sense
1: i say the top four out of the five favorite characters are the stock images and then we probably have to go into either what one of the many actual human characters in this
0: mm-hmm. well what about you well i will first of all call out the wildly shape-shifting blob that is <laughs> the amazing bulk <laughs> he is one of the most weirdly animated sprites I've ever seen. Where when he bends over, like it just folds. It's so weird, and his run is amazing
1: with his little butt cheeks bouncing. It's fantastic. I wish we could show his face because his face like morphs from grimace to smiling into like I don't know some sort of weird stare
0: all within three seconds. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic because he, he he looks like and I I'll just need to put this on the Instagram he looks like a model that you started rendering in Maya as part of a tutorial. Yeah. And then you just stopped like after the end of session one out of 12. Like,
1: like body all the way. And then face. I don't, I don't even know like how you would be able to do that. I mean, kudos to this guy. First, first of all, it was could probably go into like the WTF factor. If this was made by like a college student, I'd be like, dude, you did, a, you made a movie. Congratulations. Yeah. I would be so proud of you if you made this movie, but it's just made this by, it's made by what's his face. And like, come on guy. It's made by this dude who looks like he's clearly in his forties. You
0: could do better. than this. (laughs) I I mean, this honestly, the whole thing does look like a film that, you know, see when my friends and I were making movies back when I was like a teenager, they didn't have this stuff. Like, like you have to had money to get computers that could do this. So if he's doing the shooting this in 2008, and let's say he's getting all the stuff, and he's editing it over the course of like 2010, because I think it um, hit the DVD market. Oh, and you know what? I think it hit the DVD market in like um, 2011, 2012, and then it went away. Then it came back. So let's just say, you know, he did this in 2010. Like from me, man, doing this movie a decade and change after when I was doing it, this is the sort of shit I could have been able to do, but I would have been a kid. This is fantastic to think that there's a fully sentient grown man who did this and thought it was a good idea. Okay, now that's not a question. That's not I'm not answering the question about the character other than the the bulk. I gotta give credit to this one scene helicopter pilot oh, who is yeah. not even in the same fucking shooting room as our lead. He's the, the Canadian he's,
1: guy or the the, the, the pilot. it's the
0: guy with the goofy little like the ear hat, the floppy ear hat and he's wearing a very loosely buttoned camouflage shirt. He's looking at a laptop, and this is this is what his acting is like. We're almost to the checkpoint. Any closer account will pick me up on the radar. You know what to do, right? Yeah, I'm all set. Good luck, hey? Thanks. Okay, get ready to drop. <laughs> okay. This is, okay, I'm sorry. This is sliding a WTF in right away. When you see the body jump from the helicopter, he's clearly like a hundred feet above ground and he's in human form and he just lands into this Transylvania landscape unscathed. No superhero
1: landing at all. He's fine. He doesn't need that at all. He's better than people.
0: Dude, he lands like a cat right on his feet. Okay. So I like that guy a lot. When he said
1: helicopter pilot i thought you were talking about the one with the lady and the in the the canadian now uh, that
0: one the news crew i do like the news crew (laughs) but i like the cameraman more because he's got designs on what this could be such as now
1: oh man come on get in there get closer in there this is going to be the big ultimate death scene you know what i'm saying i'm not too sure about this we're closing it hard! No! Oh, you gotta get in there! This is the thing! I'm telling you, it's gonna be for us! I can see the headlines now! It's gonna be a super pilot and amazingly charming cameraman! It answers it all! Get in
0: there! <laughs> I love that he's this dude, I'm like, are you trying to be Canadian, a New Englander? He sounds, sounds like... a little bit of Wisconsin, or uh, a little bit of Fargo dip in the. toe. Yeah, a little Midwest <laughs> flair. So I enjoy those folks. Uh, well, I'm gonna volley it back to you. Pick a human character then. An I actual think.
1: human character. Yeah. Jesus, um, just so. There's so many, but the the picking is so few. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I have to. I have to give it out to what, Colonel Darwin. I guess is that his name.
0: General Darwin. General
1: Darwin. He's, I mean, well, such an asshole. He's. I what I what I like. Clearly this guy, the director, Lewis, is that his name?
0: Yes, Lewis.
1: He was going to some issues where he's like, you know what, my father, I really hate my father-in-law. Let's write that into my script."
0: <laughs> you mean you wouldn't want this guy as your father-in-law? So do I have your blessing? You think I want it? Deadbeat son-in-law, negative. The government will stop funding this project unless you start showing some goddamn results. And I not why I see some. I sure as hell ain't gonna let you marry my daughter. And I, on a filmmaking uh, thing, I just love how that entire conversation is nothing but jumping the line and <laughs> switching positions. And the other thing I'll, I'll do, again, I'll tip into the WTF. I like that, uh, yes, it's a CG background, but you know what? We're gonna go into this, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna commit to it, suspension of disbelief, so this guy has a fuck-off huge wine cellar. It looks amazing. And he's carrying a fucking bottle of Yellowtail. Yeah, I've had that bottle before. I know. What is that? Is that a Syrah? I'm trying to read that thing.
1: I was going to say it's probably a Capsap or a model book, but still, it doesn't matter. He's got he's got like old stuff on the back of the wall, but he's carrying around a $20, or a $15 bottle. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, yes, the general's great. I how how do we not how do we not bring up our nemesis, Dr. Cantlove? I have issues with him a whole lot. Well, I was endeared and confused from the very beginning because our first introduction to this very portly gentleman in a purple coat with a very, very bad wig. He comes in and he's got such a fucking scowl on his face, he reminded me of a of a German Silvio from The Sopranos. And that's all I thought was, here's a fat Silvio who's so upset, and this is the sort of uh, characterization we get. What have you been warned of? What? This table has been in my family for hundreds and hundreds of years. How many times have I told you not to keep your cosmetics on it! Move all your your goop, your paint, schnell! <laughs> this is another example of him clearly writing something to what he had. He had a fucking stock image of a shitty CG table with a bunch of makeup on it. So he put it in! I mean, kudos to him to, like, writing
1: the stuff to... Okay. We could go into two different tangents right now. One we tangent can, I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna dip my toe into real quick, and we yeah. come back to it later. Is how like even if Lewis was like, all right, we have this stock imagery, and we're going to storyboard this out to fit the script. And if he's intending on doing a parody of superhero movies, he ought to have at least shown his actors what they're looking at. And what they're walking around in you know
0: yes that is a big thing i want to know is did these people have even the fucking foggiest idea of what their film was going to look like because i like to think that
1: he was like all right we're 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 making a movie where we have you on set for a little bit each day like you know the guy who's playing uh the colonel you're here for five hours in one day. All right, we're, we're good, and we can, we're we clear to you for that. We're just gonna have you on the green screen, we're gonna give you some lines, then you're gonna say the lines, and then you're done, you know? That's it, we're gonna do one take each, and uh, we're done. And I like to think that Lewis is like, all right, we're, we're actually making a movie. And he intended everyone to think that, and he knowingly thought that we're using all this stock footage. And it's just a weird contrast because I feel like if we were making a movie like this today
0: and we knew what we were getting into, we would be hamming it up so much. Yes. That's why I felt like there's conflicting things here. Like, was this some masterful, quote unquote, masterful maneuvering by this director of just he's going to fucking basically punk everyone in this movie? Or I I don't know. Like, I'm actually pulled up a scene here that I want to bring up with a couple characters and this is a prime example of him making the reality the re- the humans reflect the effects that he had and i'm talking about the two guards for Kant Love and the one guard who gets vaporized so when you see these guards they're standing there with these sashes and these round romanesque shields and a spear or an axe and they got that toys around yes and like and then when he gets vaporized you see a skeleton dressed the exact same way with those weapons fall to the ground, a digital one, and then I was like, oh my god. He seriously said, we have to go through these measures of dressing these people up, and we have to make this particular set of armament cannon, because the stock footage dictates it, so. I didn't even think about this. It's so fucking amazing! <laughs> And then you also have this uh, this guard and his awesome acting as well. Well, no,
1: Doctor Careless. I mean, love sir. Oh, do golf.
0: Ah, so you like to make funny gesture when I'm not looking, to you?
1: I don't know what you're talking about,
0: sir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so the CG dog decided to to butt in there at the end of the scene?
1: The other issue that I had, the other tangent that I had earlier on, was how the biggest. This is kind of dips our toe into uh, to the to the WTF factor at, later on. But like, I feel ashamed that how Lewis and I both really love Kubrick because yes. he made it explicitly clear <laughs> how he really wants to have a whole lot of kubrick references in this like all right we're on number 237 for the lab experiment we're and we're and we have all the the uh, also spread is a music and everything for when the amazing bulk actually turns into the amazing bulk and everything and yes. then we have,
0: you know the rockets we have the the, the space the satellites and everything
1: we have this, we have this, uh, the space shuttles having sex with each other, as yep. in, like, you know, a reference to Dr. Strangelove, which is also just a reference to Dr. Love and Lolita. Also, that yep. seems very on the nose,
0: and uh, I feel ashamed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you should. Okay, look, everybody here is fantastic. Uh, you know, fuck it, I gotta play one more clip here, <laughs> I have to play it from the douchebag general. I just love how shitty he is and his uh, in his giant fucking house and his library. And uh, this is, to me, this is his Anakin Skywalker uh, speech. I hate dust. I don't want it building up in my home. Hi, daddy. You let dust build up. And before you know it, you've got an army of dust bunnies plotting to take over beautiful flowers where did you get those from our garden no dad wow that is so fantastic i didn't realize this the first time i was watching it because i was so busy frantically taking down note after note because everything that was happening just before this by the way <laughs> two two notes before this it was is this a fucking joke is what i wrote down because this is only 15 minutes in i just couldn't get my head around it and I realize now that that is such terrible ADR, <laughs> and I just love the shift in tone of thought. It just has no meaning. It's it's great. One,
1: what So you could you could have a whole movie that's CGI, you know, and it will do fine so long as you have a good script and you know good audio. And Lewis
0: has neither of those. Yeah. Oh my god okay so oodles of characters here they're fucking great this is this is wonderful and we only scratch the surface There's there's the cops there's a litany of other guards there's the the mugger the hooker tons of people that you just have to watch and see maybe we'll touch on them maybe we won't so let's get to the next thing story so how was the story for you <laughs> it's imagine
1: you will the hulk in the mcu but brought down to a 0. 0.5 out of 10 mm-hmm. and like again i'm not i'm not the biggest hulk fan uh, like I, I watch all the mcu i like seeing mark ruffalo and the edward Norton one and then whoever else, eric banna and you know like i've seen i've seen them but i'm not necessarily like those aren't my favorite movies but i'll happily take those any day compared to this but then again, also, I like showing this to people, so I'll probably watch this more in my life than any of those other MCU movies. because you're a
0: sadist, but I love it. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this story, it generally... I'm not going to say it made sense, but it certainly was easy to follow. The whole idea, the notion that you got this guy who's working as a scientist, right? You have Hank, and he's working for the military. Okay, I buy that. I get it. Working on super suit soldier serum. I get that. But then, when we get to the fact that it's all being funded by Kantlove, that's a little weird because why? <laughs> so it's like, I, you know, how does that work when Kantlove clearly doesn't have any need for any of this shit? Because all he does is blow up landmarks around the entire world and we are treated to an ex far too long and this movie's only 76 minutes we're treated to far too long of a sequence of him just launching these shitty keyed in rockets over shitty images and cg representations of landmarks around the world to to stock music classical oh beethoven it's it's yes it's so I just—that's the thing that doesn't make sense. So it's like I get it; it's simple, straightforward. You, you know, there's the revenge sort of thing. Kind of, it's—I
1: think that was an 80-yard dialogue change because I don't think nothing in the script. Have me having seen it twice, which is probably far more than anyone else on Letterbox or IMDb has has watched it. Which, <laughs> like Doctor Cantlove has makes no reference to the fact of this giant purple beast or the serum and, yes or any relations to the government like all right sure
0: he is 100 percent a a complete b plot that has no connective thread until the very end and even then it makes no fucking sense because it's the general saying it not Kant love
1: the general the general sets up like a like a top gun maverick mission He's like all right henry you gotta you're gonna send out there you're the only one who could take out this guy in this in this castle that looks like it's transylvania for one side but also looks like it's a mario from another shot you know but because he's going to be able to shoot down all the other hel- helicopters and everything it's just like top gun maverick for all of like no five minutes and then he has to like he he lands from the helicopter as we previously mentioned and then he runs through transylvania and he runs past the golfer and he runs past the leprechaun and then he finally gets to the mario castle and then he goes in and then it's just like monty python and the holy grail's like what's that and then <laughs> it's like oh i don't know we just keep doing the reverse shot and assume
0: you guys see this but i guess not i'm gonna go ahead and say that the story is whatever so let's just get to the fun shit because that's what this movie is is just one giant what the fuck would you like to kick off the wtf section sir it is my pleasure yes
1: i just want to start reading off one quick bit of dialogue or one bit of text that i read from wikipedia yes because it's, a, it's a it's a reliable source
0: it, response, of course
1: in response to the criticisms director uh, Lewis because I don't know how to see his last name has stated that the film is supposed to belong in the same vein as films like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and that most critics just don't get the concept of live action people in a comic book world
0: um, that, I read that and I thought well that's some shit to say
1: <laughs> that is when he it's weird because he's like saying two conflicting points of views, like this is a parody movie, but also this belongs in the same conversation as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, you like you can't, in good faith, ever actually say that. <laughs> you know,
0: it's I, just impossible. I absolutely agree. And there was a line in the Wikipedia article that I uh, that I really liked the author wrote, Schoenbrunn stated that he never initially intended to make a bad film, but retroactively considered the film a parody. So this is where I wonder, well, where's where is the reality versus, you know, because look, there's a lot of goofy people out there, right? And they have different sensibilities, different whatever, and he very well could have been making a movie that he thought was honest to fucking God good by his metric, right? I don't even want to call it good. I want to say average, competent. (laughs) Like he was making a competent movie. A competent movie. Because I think about, you know, how Tommy Wiseau for the longest time stood by his fucking guns. That The Room was a good movie, a serious film, a dramatic piece. And then it wasn't until I think probably around Disaster Artist time or 2015 or so. Then he started sort of shifting and pivoting a bit saying well, it was a tragic comedy and it was a dark comedy. Like they, he started adding in and like sort of retconning everything that he had said in the previous 10 years. So I wonder if this is what this guy did is he sort of tried to retcon a bit and be like, of course it was a parody.
1: I, You, you have to be in a kind of state of mind where like you're trying to make a good movie no matter what. And then at a certain point you realize what you've done and then... After it's made, or sometime during that frame of mind, then he started thinking, "Oh wait, maybe I... No wait, this is actually a bad. This is a parody. You know, this is, this is actually a comedy." And then, but like, if you don't go into the movie from the forethought thinking this, it's just not going to come out. But that way, but also, we're never going to think about any of those other movies that are intentionally thought to be made as parodies so long as this movie and the room and in these other movies are featured on the subversive cinema as long as the director is intended to this be a, a bad movie or like as a good movie but it's a very bad movie and then he kind of retroactively kind of changes shifts gears and everything that's where the magic sauce is and everything yes you know?
0: agreed <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm going to make it my fucking life's mission to track down as many people from this movie as possible because I just need answers. <laughs> I, need I would love
1: answers. to see a commentary for this movie, you know? It's, I think it would be
0: great. <laughs> oh, man, if I could get that dude on a Zoom call or a Skype from the Philippines oh, man. and say, you know, we're just going to try our very best. Uh, okay, so I will say that my WTF starts from second number one. Where we're treated to not one, not two, but three knockoff introduction of production companies spoofing Universal, (laughs) Fox, or I guess now 20th century, and then Paramount. And with such witty things as titles as feature presentation is instead of the name and it says an MBA run company instead of an NBC company. Uh, Feature presentation is a not a new corporation. And then the uh, Paramount one is once a viable company instead of a Viacom company.
1: So I think this is when, like during the editing process, Lou was like, all right, now I'm shifting gears. I'm adding these parody, like promotional, like uh, companies, everything in the very beginning. And then I have to imagine by 2011 2012 during the sometime during the edited process comic sans was was kind of deemed as like low key oh, you know yeah i was just that was my next thing to bring up fucking comic sans this whole movie has the credit sequences the opening and concluding featured in comic sans and it has to be that is an intentional decision and yes. this has to be during when he thought like you know what let's just go kind of go all in it has to I feel be- like I feel like he had one weekend bender when he's kind of realized this and like during a midst of, I don't know, whatever, some sort of substance is like, all right, now we're just going to change everything. We're going to, we're going to make everything funny. And uh, I don't think it worked, but he used what he could. And the first thing we, he used was, you know, comic sans
0: and it worked more or less. <laughs> yeah. More, more or less. I, I like that. Yes. You're right. That is 100% a conscious choice because no one on no one's computer anywhere is comic sans. A default font <laughs> so that's an active choice it's the second worst font in the history of fonts after after fucking <laughs> papyrus and it's ubiquitous with terrible decision making and visual style so that we start off great with those two and then we we go into this nighttime view of a city that is just begging to you know in 50 years essentially be Blade Runner it's like this nice dark city like neons and bright lights and construction work and all this shit's very moody not a single person around because he saved all the cg people for i think later or he couldn't find any and then we have this hooker walking around and this honestly was the first this section was done i don't want to say well <laughs> but i don't want to say bad i think it was done just right because it instantly ensnared me As it reminded me of all the DVD video games I used to play on the PC from 1995 to 1999, the Phantasmagorias, the the uh, you know Under a Killing Moon, I was literally watching one of those games happen, and it just I was like, okay, I'm on board. There's just enough cheese and enough style. I'm good. It's 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 oozing with it's it's oozing with uh, um, a tone right now. You know the video game Goosebum for, yes.
1: like, Escape Escape from Horrorland.
0: Did you know that
1: Jeff Goldblum is Dracula in that game? I did not. Because the whole game features, like, live-action children feature within a CGI world. And then we have Jeff Goldblum featured at the very end. Like, this is after Jurassic Park, which is really weird. But I got to say, that video game still has
0: better graphics than this movie. <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. So that's a huge WTF, is just the entire world in which this story is happening. I felt like it actually, for all of its worth, it started out so strong in having this dark, moody setup. If strong's the word to use. (laughs) Uh, But then everything just quickly de-escalates. And I mean, (laughs) I'm looking at the shot right now of the mugger. And we're looking down the barrel of the gun. And he goes from having a semi-automatic pistol to now he has a revolver. And it's firing a bullet directly towards the camera, which is, you know, clearly they had this stock footage. And his hands aren't even on it, which is great. And it then... Oh, my God. I just can't. I can't. There's everything about this fucking movie. It makes me wonder, what the fuck was he thinking? What the fuck were they thinking? I mean, I just... I'm sorry i'm I'm just watching the bulk run and I can't get over it that was real time that was that was how long that running sequence was. So if you got bored, there's many running sequences in this movie oh yes and And... that's the other one everybody's the the background moves so people don't walk if you don't see their legs the background moves and then they just do this shimmy side to side to pretend they're walking or shimmy up and down to pretend It's one of those
1: treadmill kind of tricks where they're like yes like all right we're walking and now we're not walking and oh look at this everyone walks in like perpendicular actions like the all right, well now we're doing a 90 degree angle and we're walking this direction now <laughs> it's like because because lewis is like all right you're walking this way then you're going to tr- take the left down this alleyway you're like all right that makes sense like no more rigid like okay
0: <laughs> we need straight lines damn it <laughs> Oh, i also need to call out that the introduction titles uh, also feature another tacky edition called drop shadow so not only is it comic sans it's comic sans with a very very pronounced drop shadow so it's highly offensive and you can't on <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i'm scrolling through and i'm just watching this litany of really variable quality computer generated imagery And it's like, I don't know what to look at half the time in the scene. If I should look at the scene, or if I should look at the bad acting. I really don't know.
1: What I love, like, scrolling through, like, I happen to like, like, look up this movie again, like, when doing some research, and then there's a pop-up of, like, a goblin, like, chasing the dog, like, walking behind the dog in a tunnel. And, like, I was trying to rack my brains, like, where is this in the movie? And, like, it appears for, like, all of two seconds during one of the transition
0: periods oh, was that like... during the the flashback when like the um is that during when Kant love is like suddenly doing his family guy weird cutaway and he's just remembering this one time that something didn't happen he was in like the um It was was an alien crash
1: landed and then he's like, oh man, the the alien landed right right over there. And then we do a quick cut over him, like walking in in, like an Indiana Jones kind of like large warehouse. Yes, that's the one. And then it cuts immediately back and we
0: don't even regard that ever again. Oh yeah, it's not just a goblin. It's a goblin with like a high flat top. I don't know. Yeah, this is so weird because here, it's right after Lolita gets killed or knocked out by uh by the the bulk and then we have this whole thing mother always said my timber would be the death of me the last time i heard her say it was when i had a rocket delivered at her house for mother's day (laughs) Oh, and then we run into the bulk, so we don't want to give away what happens there, do we? <laughs> can we talk about the cars? How the cars? Oh yeah, sure. The cars are clearly not any sort of. Most of them aren't any artwork that he got. It's like he did it in Microsoft Paint. He did. It. He did it in Microsoft Paint. I can draw better than that in Microsoft Paint. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: It's, we have we have the shot of the detective and or the two detectives one of them who plays the bulk in the one live action shot of the bulk but oh. they're in the car and like it just it cuts 180 to 180 i'm like all right yes cool and then we also like forward straight on them and everything it's i don't I mean, all, all i know is that he sat them down in a green screen studio and then we had a one camera setup. He, he, he probably recorded it three times. Them sitting in, like, just, like, fold-back chairs in the screen screen studio, I was like, say your dialogue, we're going to shift your chairs one, hand, one uh, 90 degrees, say your dialogue one more time, shift them one more time, say your dialogue one more time. That's exactly what happened.
0: It's exactly what happened. I, I I'm, As I scroll back again, because there's so much note-taking, I'm seeing things that just didn't click with me, and... I love how every conversation, practically, is all about complete opposite angles and jumping the line. Uh, I know these guys should have been under characters, but I uh, I need to call them out as a WTF purely because of the fact that one of the guys is wearing a necktie over top of a T-shirt <laughs> when they're meeting with Love. And I thought about those two guys for characters Dude, series. these guys are like the rejected winklevoss twin wannabes it's fantastic i feel like they had a great time though
1: scully ah scully it seems to me is scully owes me a good deal of green
0: uh, uh, yes sir and then Wait. i wasn't done telling the story hey that's no fair
1: you never let me get the word nidgewise no more what's up with that tough are you of He's written flea-bitten. That will do, gentlemen, please.
0: Why does everything sound like it's a cartoon from the 30s? Why, you lousy flea-bitten.
1: They're trying to do like old-timey gangsters like Scarface and Public Enemy kind of dialogue, but they're, again, honestly, they're probably having the best amount of time on, this, on the set. And like, if I had to be anyone on this production, it would be them too. Yeah. Because they actually like, conversing with each other versus like uh, who knows who, who else is there? Like the director? I don't know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I think, look, I can't really put a, I can't put a, a title on anything here, but I feel that one of the crown jewels of this movie has to be the police shootout scene, the chase scene where they are running after the bulk, through New York, Washington D.C., uh, l- the Long Long Beach port—I <laughs> have no idea—but <laughs> they're going through any and every fucking thing, and that's when the helicopter comes in, starts chasing, and it all culminates in the death of the female officer, which then puts the male officer on a path of vengeance and just general bitterness. And it is a, wow, it's only a three minute sequence. But my God, I would have swore this was a 10 minute extravaganza because they reuse the same shots over and over again. It feels like the shootout in heat, but yeah, not really. But, but at least that was like, but that was so scintillating the watch for all 20 minutes of it. But this is what we get here. Lisa! <laughs> this movie This movie's amazing. I can't Oh my god. Oh and I also love how she keeps giving the cop jokes about like she gives her partner jokes about him being older and then later on there's another set of jokes I forgot from who But they they keep making fun of him like he's some grizzled old 60-year-old guy waiting to pull the pin and get his pension. And the guy's, like, in his mid-30s. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I I actually, you know, at my very last note, I wrote, What the fuck is happening? Gold, leprechaun, Robin Hood, animals. This is clearly during the chase scene, when I just had no idea. There's there is there is a CG Robin Hood shooting arrows from the rampart, and a kangaroo. <laughs> when I pitched this to you, I told you like there's ten
1: minutes of solid stock footage at the very end, and I was not wrong. It, it it's it's all of this, and I feel like this was kind of intentional from Lewis by how like. This is, this feels kind of like the ending of Space Odyssey, where we're going through the monolith and everything. Yes. But instead of, like, the kaleidoscopic vistas of the vast universe, we're seeing 10 minutes of solid stock footage of this giant purple man running through a uh, golf course, uh, the Australian Outback uh, soccer practice. Um <laughs> Arizona? I don't know. Maybe. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I, I want to point out a missed opportunity, because knowing that this movie was just this this batshit insane ride it was. When they get onto the Atomic Coaster, which seems to go at incredibly unsafe and on illegal speeds, uh, yet their hair never moves. We start out with this seemingly foreboding promise. I'm so scared. Yeah, something tells me I'm going to regret eating that chili dough. (laughs) And yet, I would have really loved if we took it like a Problem Child 2 route and just had like this cartoonish minute-long montage of him throwing up on people and people throwing up. And it's all CG because that's what they would do. They would just do CG, you know, ribbons of vomit flying everywhere. But instead, they uh, just giggle and ride.
1: This is a solid
0: minute of roller coaster stock footage
1: and that yes. may not seem all that long but when you're watching it it feels like that footage of the cinerama dome opening up and then <laughs> seeing the 70 millimeter footage of like the roller coaster <laughs> it feels like that i feel like that's what his intention was it's like yes but it goes on for so long even if it's only a minute but it feels it's like entirely non- it, it, it doesn't mean anything in this movie
0: very much like the actual, if you look, the roller coaster track itself, it is monstrous and interminable. Very much like many of the sequences in this film, <laughs> so that's uh, good times. And I think we also they they double. I feel like they double use Lolita as the woman in the back, but I could be wrong. Uh, it's not outside the realm of possibility. So and look, we could honestly pick apart and go through this. This movie's 76 minutes, as I said, and it would take us three times as long to really explain and understand everything. So let's get down to the brass tacks and leave some some element of surprise for the listeners. So let's do it. How saucy is this movie? Good sir. If you really want to
1: have a movie that looks like the ending is the bowling alley animation when you get a strike, <laughs> this is the movie for you. Yes. <laughs> yes. for Goblin I said it was like this is like a very low movie but then at the very end it's very high so it yes. kind of averages out for this movie I have to say because of the conflict the internal conflict between whether this was intentional or not that drives audience interest yeah and despite the fact that it, again I had a great time watching this the first time around I had a, so much better time talking about it right now yeah <laughs> this this is a movie that you need to watch with people with a lot of alcohol
0: oh god i yes. had
1: i was drinking my like good scotch and it didn't even help <laughs> i still have a great time talking about this so i have to i have to give this a li- at
0: minimum six out of ten i want to go more but i, I, feel, I feel i would like go i would game. give it an eight just because it's like this is one of those things where Nothing on earth could prepare you for what is going to happen from one scene to the next. No matter how you think it's going to go, it doesn't. (laughs) It's just, I mean, there's some big points that, yes, but there's so many little things, you have no idea what's happening.
1: If you watch this by yourself, you're probably going to, like, this is really weird I had a an okay time. But if you have like a big group of people, yes. you're going to have a fantastic time.
0: That's this is absolutely something that needs to be watched in a group for sure. I would just like to let everybody know, I leave them with this little bit here that the horror times called the film not interesting, fun, or enjoyable. But Mondo Bizarro said, it is so terrible that it makes me laugh. Look, love it or hate it, you're going to be right. <laughs> this film has no in-between viewers. The only way for you to know is to watch it and judge yourself. So thank you so much for bringing this to, to my attention, Chris. I uh, cannot believe that I my life was existing before this movie. So thank it's you It's my for that. absolute pleasure. I have so many more movies I could probably find for you. Oh, God bless it. <laughs> So is there anything that you'd like to share before we sign off, sir?
1: I'll go ahead and uh, pitch my uh, my YouTube channel, Take Time with Tom. I have a whole lot of VHS-themed content. We have uh, anything they really want to find for VHS, FBI warnings, trailers, logos, anything like that. And then we have a series going on where we watch uh, commentaries and everything. We just finished up a series rewatching all the Jurassic Park movies featured on VHS, and we'll have some more special stuff leading into movies that are coming out in the next couple of months and everything. So it's, it's, uh, it's just a fun time, and I
0: hope you guys check it out awesome awesome looking forward to it thanks again chris it's been a pleasure so if you want to watch this movie and you know you do i can say without any reservation you will not regret it well maybe you will go to tubi tubi has it for free and i understand on roku you can also get it through voodoo that way and you might find it on dvd somewhere so uh but if you want it for free tubi is the spot so, check the
1: DVDs are a little bit more rare. So, yes. if you find that, hold on to
0: it. Hold on to it because you never know. It might be worth something in a con one day.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll see about that. But hey, thanks for listening. Appreciate you coming out and checking this episode. Please make sure you check out Chris's YouTube channel. Find that in the notes. And until next time, stay subversive. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and leave us a rating and a review. Visit subversivecinemapodcast.com for more information and to become a patron on our Patreon. Find out about bonus materials and patron-exclusive merch. Sub Cinema.